0: Happy Monday, friends. This is Cordelia on the We Heal Together podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about when drinking becomes a problem in terms of dating or friends. This could apply for many of you as helpful in terms of red flags, and for some of you out there who may be struggling with substance abuse of any kind, alcohol or otherwise, this could be helpful and to do some introspection and take it to heart. If you are struggling with any of this stuff, of course, as always, I always, always, always recommend working with a licensed therapist and getting the help you need. There's absolutely no shame if you're in a relationship or friendship like this and you need help or you need to talk to somebody objective that's always an amazing tool and likewise if you are struggling with substance abuse yourself I absolutely think it's so important to get help from a licensed professional As always, my name is Cordelia, and a new podcast comes out every other week. The next podcast that will come out after this one will be released on Monday, September 6th, and I have an amazing guest that will be joining me on that one. Her name is Lindsay C. Gibson, Dr. Gibson. She you might know her from the many, many posts that I've done praising her her books that she's come out with about emotionally immature parents. She has a new release, a new book coming out called Self-Care for Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. And so we will be talking about her work and talking about all of that on the next podcast. Very excited to have her on here. So I hope you guys tune in. After a few words from our sponsor, we will get right into this week's episode. And if you aren't following me on Instagram, be sure to check out my page at Codependent Recovery. Check out the show notes for more information about me, free worksheets, all the links, all the stuff. And that's all in the show notes for you. Without further ado, let's get healing. Today's episode is brought to you by two different sponsors. They are both doggy companies, so you know that I love them. (laughs) I will, for full disclosure and transparency, as I always want to disclose that kind of stuff to you, I will earn a commission if you end up clicking through the links for either of these sponsors and making a purchase. With that being said, I... Prior to getting in Instagram and getting any kind of partnership with these sponsors, as well as getting my podcast with my own money, I I bought these products on my own out of my pocket, and I can honestly say that I like these products a lot. I I stand behind these products, and that's the only reason that I'm comfortable partnering with them. So first. Sponsor is Iron Doggy. If you follow me on Instagram, that's who I I always show like the leash in my Instagram that I use on my two dogs. So I love their hands-free leashes. You can use them for walking or running and they're awesome for taking your dogs around. Even if you just have one dog, they have that option, but they have awesome options for two dogs as well. I have linked In the show notes, the leashes that I use for my dogs, as well as provided a general link. And if you use the code HEAL10, you get an additional 10% off. The other sponsor for today's episode is Embark. Again, this is another company that I paid for out of pocket, did the dog DNA testing kits on my dogs, and I thought it was such a cool process, and I was really excited for this opportunity now to partner with them. So the results came back, it took about, mine only took about two weeks, but they generally come back in two to four weeks. They test over 350 breeds of dogs. They're the most accurate dog DNA test on the market and they're the only canine DNA relative finder. They analyze over 200,000 genetic markers And I've put the links for those kits in the show notes. If you use the spring 50 code on the link that I provided to the breed and health kit, that will get you $50 off. I loved finding out my dog's breeds. I thought that was so cool. So I hope you enjoy those and check out the show notes. As mentioned, I will get a commission if you click on the affiliate link and purchase through there. episode is really from my series that I've been doing on heart to heart. So if you are familiar with my podcast, they're usually packed full of citations and information, but my heart to heart series are really more off the cuff and from the heart and stemming from my life experiences. A little background about what inspired me to do this podcast episode I've been doing some reflection about my own dating life and similarities between past partners and the types of people that I've been drawn to. And I've realized that I've tended to be more attracted to and more drawn to folks that drank more than I did or engaged in substances in a recreational way on an almost daily kind of basis and in kind of going down this thought process and having this thought process I found it to be really intriguing and interesting because my family of origin my parents they don't drink and they don't do drugs and in some ways I kind of feel like since I hadn't really grown up in a household that engaged in drinking like I didn't have a mom or a dad that were was drunk all the time or doing drugs or you know anything like that and I'm not Saying that I wish that I had that I don't wish that I had that but in some ways I actually think you know I wasn't able to kind of pick up on these red flags and it wasn't exactly clear to me when these things when substances when drinking becomes a problem issue or is it just somebody kind of like letting loose from time to time For many people, this podcast might seem second nature, or for many people, you might have grown up in a complete opposite household than me, and you may have grown up with parents that were on the opposite end of that spectrum, and you know all these signs like the back of your hand. I'm not trying to lecture anybody or tell anybody that I'm an expert, and I'm also, I want to preface this whole episode with this as well. I'm also not saying that alcohol... If you drink alcohol, if you do drugs, you're automatically this horrible person. I genuinely don't think that at all. (laughs) I think, like most things, moderation is really important. And I think, especially with alcohol... I mean, I personally do enjoy a glass of wine from time to time but frankly I haven't drank I think I had a glass of champagne this summer one time and that was it like I I don't drink on a regular basis I do like to drink on special occasions and you know when I feel like it if I'm out to eat with somebody that I haven't seen a long time and I want to have like a celebratory drink with them. Great. I'm talking about in this podcast the types of behaviors that it's like you can't you can't go a day without drinking or doing whatever substance. So again, this doesn't have to just be for being mindful of your own life or being mindful of romantic partners or being mindful of who you're friends with or family members. This is just kind of inclusive of everything. So I don't want, although I'm talking about it in my own life in a dating context, it doesn't have to be. I think these You'll find what I'm talking about really stretches across and can apply to different situations. So again, I, I I came up with the idea for this podcast episode from my own personal experience, and I sat down and I made a list of. I basically kind of journaled when coming up for this podcast episode, and I was like okay Cordelia at what point do you feel that substances become a red flag in somebody else's life and become almost like unhealthy for you to be exposed to that person so this is what I came up with and this is what the episode's about so number one I think a good Question for you to ask yourself is Can this person ever hang out Sober By that I mean Does every activity include alcohol Even activities that don't normally include alcohol So with my ex-husband I can't think of a single day Of three and a half years That he didn't drink And again, I don't know how this is like everywhere, but in the South, at least growing up, I had a lot of friends and I heard a lot of people mention like this trope of dads coming home at night and drinking a beer. And so in my mind, I kind of was thinking, oh, this is just what households look like that somebody like drinks a beer every day. But even then, I was definitely rationalizing it and downplaying it because it wasn't just a beer every day. It was it was more than one beer, but I will elaborate on that a little bit. And it wasn't just that X. Like, when I think back to other people and other relationships that I've had, I think a lot of it at least has kind of started in a way where people you know, like on dates, you're getting drinks and I will admit that in the beginning of the relationship with my ex-husband, I would, I do feel like I drank a lot more like during those first few months of dating. And I think it was almost a social crutch for me at the time. Like I wanted to feel more comfortable in a way. And I I feel like I was projecting onto him during that time period. Like I kind of assumed, I guess I had never really been around somebody that is an alcoholic before. And I kind of just was projecting onto him thinking, Oh, this person's just doing the same thing as me. They're just kind of, getting to know me and they're nervous too and so yeah they were just drinking a little bit more because of that so for me like after a few months I went back to my normal drinking behavior which was not very often but that never happened for him so I think if you can ask yourself and reflect does this person ever hang out sober and I mean, we live together. So, th- especially if you're living with someone, I mean, that's really strange. <laughs> it's really, really, really strange. If you are living with somebody, spending every day with that person, and you can't think of a single day that they were sober. Number two. So, Irritability. We all get irritable. We all get annoyed sometimes. But look at it. Like, is this person only presenting this mood when they are sober? Or when I'm talking to them about their drinking? So two examples I have here. One, my ex used to always say, I'm not a morning person. Like, when he would first wake up, he would be in this totally different mood. And I, I don't know. He'd... He wasn't fun to be around like when he first woke up and that was always his, his little thing that he said. So for a lot of people, I mean, that's a true statement for him. I genuinely, obviously this is just my reflection and my thought. It can be totally off base, but I genuinely think that was just kind of the first, like that was when he was sober So he was a completely different person and he was irritable and he was kind of awful in the morning because that was like the window of the day that he was sober. The other thing is when I brought up how much I felt like he drank and how much, you know, I couldn't think of a day that he hadn't drank It was turned around on me, and I was made into the bad guy, and I ended up feeling really bad. So, I'm pointing this out to say, if somebody is really irritable when they are sober, or when you are talking to them about their drinking, I mean, I will say, if you're just kind of like being an asshole in the way you bring it up, if you're like calming at a person from a a hard way, then yeah, somebody might come off a little bit irritable there. But in general, these are just some things to look out for. Number three, if the only way they know know how to cope with anything is drinking, that's a really, that's not going to be a successful relationship. Like that can't be somebody's only coping mechanism. They can't need to get drunk every time they face a problem in life. Number four, they always seem to be like broke when it comes to a lot of things. So they don't have money to contribute to things like bills or to take you on nice dates. But they always have money for alcohol or weed or whatever it may be. That was definitely my ex. He didn't contribute to a single bill for over a year. So, like, when I met him, he was an attorney. And then a year and a half in, he basically just stopped working. I got him, like, a little side gig. But he barely did that. And he did not contribute anything to bills or whatever, but he always had money to go buy weed or to go buy alcohol. That is when it's a problem. (laughs) Like you're not contributing at all to, to things that a 35 year old human should be contributing to but you've got money to buy weed and alcohol number five if they aren't drinking they need something else so again just sticking with my examples he needed to smoke weed he needed to have dip in his mouth like he always needs something if he couldn't have a drink at that exact moment Number six, I think when a person hides themselves and they're living this double life around alcohol, that's when it becomes really problematic. His parents, so he was like 35, his parents had no idea that he drank alcohol. And he drank alcohol every day. And when we got married, it was a very big issue that I wanted To have wine and beer at the wedding and he my ex-husband like made this whole issue about it he wasn't saying he didn't want alcohol at the wedding but he wanted like I straight up asked him so are you saying that you're not going to drink at the wedding and it was no he just wanted to do it in secret so to me, that's really problematic when you are hiding, actively hiding, especially, you know, I'm not talking about, like, an 18-year-old that's not of legal drinking age. It's, like, hiding from their parents. It's, this is a 35-year-old man, like, who's not comfortable, like, he's drinking every day at the house. He's smoking weed, but he can't tell his parents, like, hey, I'm going to drink some wine at the wedding. Number seven, he was always so proud that he did not have, he didn't get hangovers. Like, I always got hangovers when, I still get hangovers when I drink. And he would always be so proud and be like, yeah, I never get hangovers. And looking back on it, like, that's definitely a red flag and a sign that you're drinking a lot. Next, the friends that people choose to keep. And by that, I mean, what activities are they doing? I think it's really interesting because when I think about this, the only thing that my ex ever did with his friends was drink get really really drunk and I don't know a single friend that he had that wasn't like a party friend and by that I mean that they didn't go get drunk and go party together I'm not aware of a friend that you know, he did sober things with. I guess he went to church with this one group maybe three times total. But more on that in another episode that was really um, kind of more of a persona that he was doing. Somebody who drinks alone. So every day he would drink alone. I mean, I would not drink most days. I would say 90% of the days that we spent together, I did not have a drink and he would be drinking alone. I think when somebody knows they have a problem, this is another thing as well. There was one day where I brought up to him that he was drinking a six pack every day. And I asked him... Why don't you just buy a case? Like, why do you go out and buy a six-pack of beer every day? And he said, that wouldn't be a good idea. That's really telling. If somebody is that, if that's their response, they're telling you it's not a good idea, they need to go to the store every day and just get one six-pack, there's a level of awareness that they know that they have a problem, even if they're not admitting it to you. Looking back, kind of what I addressed earlier about when I met him, he was an attorney. And then, you know, the last one and a half years we were together, he really didn't work or contribute to bills. I think that impact on somebody's job and career, that's a really big sign that alcohol or substances are at issue and another big thing at the time I never so it wasn't until actually during our divorce that I researched a little bit more about alcoholism and you know just figuring that all out that I learned this one. So he literally went through. Like one of those giant bottles. Of Listerine or mouthwash. A week. I at the time. Used to think that he did that. Because like I mentioned. He dipped tobacco. So I thought. Like he must not like the taste of tobacco. And he shouldn't like get that. Out of his mouth. And. I mean looking I guess it's just another area that I was naive and in denial in. After filing for divorce, I, you know, researched it, and I found out that Listerine actually contains 26.9% alcohol. And if you just look online, like all of the, I shouldn't say all, but there's tons of alcohol rehab Website centers that list Listerine as a warning sign. So, and it says like people who go to the rehab facilities aren't allowed to bring it there. And it's apparently, you know, a sign of alcoholism and it has alcohol in it. These are just my experiences in life. I think that. It's not the same for everybody. Some people just drink alcohol, some people don't do al- don't drink alcohol and they do drugs. Sometimes it's a mix and my ex was definitely a mixture of things. He smoked weed and it did all kinds of things. I think it's important to talk about this and to think about it because I know I have listeners from all over the world and so this might vary from country to country but in the US I think for most people who grew up in the United States there has definitely become this kind of party culture starting from a young age and definitely going particularly if you went to college and were part of that scene there's a really huge kind of epidemic almost of binge drinking. And that's really normalized. And I think once you get out in the dating world and depending on where you are at in life and how old you are, you've got to start thinking about these things because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think about this stuff. And I think when you're in college, you're just kind of like having fun and you're just around somebody and you You guys have a good time together and you're not really thinking as much about substances and how that can really impact your life and how that can impact a relationship. And no matter what age you're at, but especially young listeners, I hope that you take this to heart because it is really important. I think, you know, in the examples that I was giving you when I met my ex, I was, 26 and you know that's not that long after college and law school and he was 31 when I met him so it's another thing like he was very far removed from college he was very far removed from all that and this was still his behavior In the kind of stuff he was engaging in. This isn't like a person going through a party phase and they're 18, 19, 20. This is somebody who's really set in their ways and that's who they are. I'm not saying that you have to break up with somebody like this. I'm not saying you have to break up with somebody who uses drugs or drinks. Again, I I think there's a really big difference between what we're talking about in this podcast today versus somebody who is able to be sober and doesn't need this stuff to function and have fun and be happy and be around other people. I think Only you can make the call of what's right for you and what's right in your life. I know a lot of people that follow along to my podcast and listen struggle with codependency and taking care of others. And so I think a lot of people are going to relate to this because a lot of people are kind of drawn to these types and by these types I mean people who do have issues with substances because people who struggle with codependency see somebody that they can take care of and I'm not saying it's on a conscious level but subconsciously that kind of caretaker mode kicks in and it makes sense why you're attracted to somebody who is going through a tough time. Again, I'm not saying that you should absolutely, like everything isn't black and white. So I'm not trying to condemn everybody. I'm not trying to cast judgment on people who are in relationships with these types of folks or... If you are one of these types of folks that are struggling with this stuff, I just want you to have the tools to make the decisions on your own. It's really hard to be in a relationship with somebody who is that far gone with a substance and there's no sign that they have any intention of changing or need to change. You just need to be aware, like, if you have no problem with it, it's your life and that's fine, but you need to be aware of what life would look like with that person and just evaluate it on your own. Only you can make the call of who should be in your life and who shouldn't be in your life. My hope is this podcast will help. Many people, including people who may be struggling with substances and maybe they haven't sat down and thought about like what are the warning signs, what are the issues, is this getting out of hand, do I need help? I'm also hoping it will help many people who are in a relationship, friendship, with somebody with a substance issue. To actually reflect and be like, am I getting what I need or want out of this relationship? Is this sustainable? Is this somebody I can count on? Is this something I want to invest more time in? I hope this is helpful for you. As I mentioned, the next podcast episode is going to be out on Monday, September 6th. I will have Lindsay Gibson on the podcast. Very excited to talk to her. And can't wait for you guys to hear the conversation. I hope you all have an amazing weekend. Amazing rest of August. And I will talk to you on September 6th. Thanks for listening. Bye.